Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guests on the show are spies, or three-fifths of spies. Michael Broderick, Neil Dexter and Hugh O'Dwyer. Connor Cusack and Jeffrey Courtney are also in Spies, but they were not around to do the interview. It's uh, it's a big week for Spies. They're releasing their debut album, Constancy, on November 23rd. Yes, their debut album. They've been a going concern for about eight, nine, maybe even ten years at this stage. Uh, they've released a lot of great songs over the years, and they have, like, it's finally culminated in this uh debut album it's all brand new tracks but i remember like the first couple of uh songs that i heard from spies they've just been a really really good band for a long time and they've kind of gone through a few changes sound wise it's a little bit different constancy to what you might have um known them before the guitars are a little less obvious now i suppose is one way of putting it but we talk about that in the interview that follows it was a really really interesting chat because sometimes uh you know you're not sure how much you can push a band or how much you want to question a band on certain topics just because you know it's not like it's politics or something you don't want to push them too hard on something but i've really really enjoyed spies talking about kind of the difficulties of being in a band and the changes that you go through both as a person and as a musician and as someone with band members and other people who have says in this thing that you create so i've really really i found it really interesting hearing them uh discuss kind of the issues that they've had over the past couple of years because they went on kind of the press release says it was a three-year hiatus before they released this debut album but they weren't it wasn't like they weren't doing anything you know they were uh growing up because they're still like in their mid-20s or mid to late 20s now i suppose but uh yeah i guess you'll i guess you'll hear all of that uh i thought it was really 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 interesting chat and i think the album is the best thing that they've done Constancy. They began recording it in Bow Lane with Jake Miller and they also work with Rian Trench so we kind of talk about the recording process and kind of yeah the difficulties of actually getting these songs like from creation through to actual on the album. So I, th- I thought it was really interesting. If nothing else I enjoy doing the interview. Uh, so yeah, Spies play Button Factory in Dublin with support from Royal Yellow, who's one of, he really, he's released, I think, only one single, maybe two singles this year. He's he used to be in Enemies. He's really, really good. So that'll be a great show. And hopefully there'll be more coming in 2019 as people get constancy into their ears. I highly recommend it. It's a good, kind of good way to end the year as well. I don't think that there'll be too much more coming out in December but maybe there will be. <laughs> so yeah, this is um, Three Fifths of Spies talking about their new album, Constantly, on the Point of Everything podcast. I'm Neil, and I play guitar and synth. I'm Hugh, and I play bass and synth. I'm Michael, I sing. I am the singer. <laughs> Congratulations on being the singer. Uh, here, talking about your uh, debut album, are you happy with how it's turned out? Happy that it's almost out in the world now? Yeah, very excited. Very excited for for Friday. Um, it just seems like it's a long time coming, you know that um, uh, about ten years. So, <laughs> um, like, yeah, we're we're really excited. The singles have gone have been received pretty well uh, so far, and um, just looking forward to like people having the whole piece of music and being able to enjoy the whole thing start to finish. You know, 
did did it feel at one stage like man are we are we ever gonna get this out like was was there ever a point where you were like come on we have to do this uh yeah i think that was ongoing i think we always had that feeling that we need to kind of put something out but i i think one of the things we did was we we kind of finished it and then we took a step back for a few months and didn't listen to it or didn't really engage with it too much i think that was one of the best things we did because it meant that we could actually come back and go okay this is actually a complete work you know it's it's an album whereas before that it was just constantly like oh what are we doing like going into the sort of cave of writing music you know it's great but it can be really like a mess with your head you know yeah i think we didn't really realize what an undertaking making an album would be um because any of the singles repeats we put out before like you know you're kind of in the studio for a couple of days and you kind of bash it out and it's it's done then it's fine but with this we were really methodical and we took our time and every song was multi-tracked and was just a lot of effort put into making sure each song sounded exactly the way we wanted to do wanted to be so it just yeah it took a lot out of us getting each song to the point where we're like okay yes this is like ready to be on the album um so yeah it was a lot of hard work but it paid off i think like you guys have kind of been going for like eight or nine years or something like that does does this kind of feel like spies 2.0 like is it kind of like totally different to what you were at the start um i think it's kind of funny because um i actually only joined the band about like four or five years into the band so um the old bass player left and then uh, i joined and i felt like that was kind of spies 2.0 was well maybe you guys can explain this a little bit better but i don't know if it felt much different to you yeah definitely that that was a, a massive shift i think yeah the, the band is kind of we're we're totally different from from like how we started out like we kind of started out as a sort of um indie foals band who like we didn't like playing chords or anything because we thought they were you know we could only play single notes on guitar and and it had to be all melodies and yeah you know. there was a lot of rules for for no reason yeah, yeah. like no synth exactly it's no kind synth. of ironic yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, we're it's totally different, but I, I think there's still like a lot of elements to, um, you know, I guess like comparing it to our our last release, like Sea Creature, there it, it is quite different the, the the record, but there's there's definitely elements that are that are very similar and and um, you know, there's kind of old snippets of old spies in there, I guess. I think as well, like we talked about this recently, that spies is kind of almost like it. The process of us growing up has been spies, and it's like we started when we were like you know 17 I think Mike was only 16 and like we were just so young but that was such an important thing in our lives and then growing up with it and kind of evolving with it and it always like being the only constant which I guess the record is called constancy it's like the only thing that has kind of been constant in our lives probably I think maybe Michael's been going out roaching since then but (laughs) I don't know but like a lot of things have changed except for spies but the band has had so many different like you know we disappear for a year and we try and write music and then we come back and then it's always back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's been a been a journey, if that answers the question. <laughs> Did you actually have rules at the start? Like, no synth? Was it like a, a list of like 10 rules that we oh. we, we shall not break? Them? There was really clearly, clearly defined rules of like, uh, you know, no chords. Like, you know, it, it has to be all kind of like plucked notes. What, no backing vocals, you know, like um, certainly no synths. Like everything had to be like guitar, bass, drums, just like the foals kind of buzz you know yeah it sounds very kind of like strokes influenced or something like yeah, that like they yeah. don't have any synth or <laughs> any uh backing vocals yeah just these weird like pressures that we put on ourselves like that's you know the idea of using a synth was 
I don't know. It's a very kind of narrow-minded sort of view of things. I'm not narrow-minded, but um, just a bit uninformed, I think, and a bit naive, maybe. <laughs> so you did you get a synth, Neil, and you're like, okay, maybe we'll bring this into the band now? Well, I think the funny thing was we went down to Mayo, um, I think it was like 2011, maybe, so what, seven years ago. Um, my sister had a Korg uh, synth that we brought down and I had it actually plugged into my pedal board with my guitar so I had the synth and the, the guitar so I could switch between the two and it was more just a kind of putting on loads of effects that would normally be on the guitar but playing it on a synth so it just was so, sort of fun and I think slowly but surely then I think that kind of started to convince Connor because he was probably the most against it uh, that maybe it was cool he was like oh that actually sounds really good what is that is that your guitar uh, no it's actually a synth and he's like oh shit okay <laughs> so I think yeah that was uh, one thing but then a few years later I think we as we started to get a bit of you know a bit more money from working in our own jobs and stuff I think Connor got a few things uh, Hugh got a really nice synth as well so I think yeah just having a bit more gear um, that we could actually use um, you know to make the sounds and also listening to more electronic music would definitely have a part to play um, and yeah just coming for, like I think LCD Sound System would be a band that we admire in the sense that like we like the way he uses synths but not just in a purely like he uses them with a rock sensibility as well if that makes sense um, and I think that's kind of what we do too it's not just putting in a synth for the sake of it but trying to actually make it work in the song listening to the album and I was just listening to the singles that are up on Spotify on the way in it sounds like there's like just so much going on sort of thing that's what I'm getting it's just like in in a good way you know like there are sometimes when you can put on music and you know like I work at a computer so I'm just like putting music and you know it kind of fades into the background whereas when I was listening to this today I was like man there's so much going on it's like if you listen and you pay attention you're like gonna find something different all the time like was that the plan it was like not throw the kitchen sink at it that's probably the <laughs> not the right way to put it but but was it like just kind of layer upon layer upon layer we want like the listener to always be engaged and excited by what's happening yeah i think it's, it's kind of how it turned out but i don't think it was necessarily intentional like some of the songs um in particular watchman the latest single we put out it was one of the songs that we just didn't know how to write it like we were kind of figuring it out as we went and hence we just kept putting more and more lines on it more synths and more overdubs and just kind of like trying to find like the magic part that was going to finish the song and it never really we never really found it we just had like dozens of synth parts in it and like for most of the songs i think it's the same case and then we sent it off to be mixed and you know then you're kind of handing it over to someone else to judge like okay how should this song actually sound and luckily enough like our mixing engineer um jake who did the album and then rian who did the single watchman just like managed to pick all the best parts and put it in such a way that it's always interesting and there's always there's still like a little bit of each part that he held on to so those just little layers are still there which is great it really really works i think we we were even surprised when when it came back that everything managed to fit in the song were you happy to work with producers i was i was kind of wondering like was it a self-produced album you were you like oh, we can do it ourselves or was it good to have like someone else there kind of like steering you along yeah i mean <clears throat> it's funny like i think it was like self-produced up to a point like we we started recording and rehearsing in a way where we'd have our computer set up and we'd record each part in as we were writing it and it was very slow and methodical and then our producer jake came on board kind of then just for the recording process and then he was able to 
you know show us how best to actually record each part like say for instance all the drum tracks on the album are separate tracks so every single drum if it's the bass drum or the the snare is just that was recorded on its own so it, it added to this kind of like sense of like a polished sound that we got out of the record and that was like definitely really helpful like those kind of ideas that we we wouldn't have necessarily thought of ourselves but like it was great to have somebody on board who was able to get it over the last like 10 percent of the line i think for us like we're not super technical like obviously hugh's doing a phd and something technical but i mean in terms of like the actual being a producer being an engineer we don't really know enough about that so i think for us it's about getting it as far as we can and i think a lot of the songs the demos sound fairly similar in my mind to the finished product for some of them but others maybe you know needed that bit of extra uh, push but i think what was great about working with jake and obviously rian but jake mo- more so is that it was like full control from the ground up so in the past we'd like recorded with one engineer and then sent off to another engineer to mix it or a producer and they'd be like oh well the hi-hat track's missing or like you know there'd be all this kind of and like i would have recorded with this other mic whereas jake had 100 percent control he knew exactly what mic recorded everything from the start to finish so when he was getting to the mixing stages it didn't actually feel like there was that much trickery needed it was like that sounded great out of the tin so that's kind of what it is maybe put it through a couple more effects or whatever but uh, i think that was one of the best things about it uh, and that's why it sounds the way it does Tell me about working with Rian uh, Trench, I presume, is it? He's worked with some good people in the past, even though right now the names escape me of who he has worked with. But every time I see his name, I'm quite excited by, to listen to what, what he's made with the bands. Yeah, no, we, so we met Rian uh, or um, worked with him uh, like years ago for uh, like the Moosehead single and, and Sea Creature. He, he engineered the, the tracks um, and uh, like... You know, he wasn't the like uh, Vinny from um, um, Adabisi Shank was was doing the the producing and uh, mixing, but um, Rian, we were just really impressed by by his skill and like you know he was playing piano on some of the tracks and and like we were just you know re really, uh, came out of that um, that recording you know just like uh, really happy with his work. So we we just kind of contacted him again. Um, when we were doing the record um to to see if he could if he could actually he he mixed watchman and you know we were just all kind of having a bit of trouble with it and and we were like okay maybe we just need some fresh ears on this and uh he did a mix of it and it's like the mix that we have today and it's it's um it's great like you know and it's it's really kind of like a a a different spin that we probably you know would have wouldn't have got to ourselves he also did some uh remixes for us which like will come out after the album and they're pretty great pretty insane uh there's like a sort of uh jungle uh remix of uh young dad um and it, it's uh it's pretty crazy but it's it's unbelievable <laughs> so, does it work yeah. the jungle um, remix yes it works yeah <laughs> it's sort of a 5 a.m job you know like yeah so 5 a.m yeah exactly but uh, i think it's great doing that and uh like getting someone else to interpret your song we always had so much like wanting to have control over the finished product obviously if you're writing the music but doing that was like we have no say in what's this going to sound like and it just came back so different to what our brains could have ever done with it like and i think that's great sometimes just to go yeah when you say that you like got into trouble with the song or like you kind of couldn't see the way forward for it like what what are you talking about was it just like something just isn't clicking here like and and what is it that rian kind of sees that he's able to like kind of guide you on, I think on it, like so 
I think in particular with Watchman, we kind of wrote the the bones of that song and just all immediately had this feeling of like, this is going to be like this, like the single, you know, like this, this song is, is going to be the, the, our apex, you know? And just, I think that put like, we, we kind of automatically put this pressure on it to be, to be this track, you know? And so we kind of started loading and it was definitely the hardest one to write, I think. Um, and we really got to a point where we, as he was saying, we were just, we were loading and loading more tracks on top of the, on top of the thing. It just was, you know, it was just, was sounding a bit, it was just crazy and it was, in, and it was kind of collapsing before us. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. So you just need fresh ears in that, in that instance, you know, like to, to send it off to someone else and, and, um, a sort of fresh take is, is can be quite helpful i think you know and i think it's it's no surprise that it was difficult to write because i feel like the song itself is difficult and the content and it's like very intense and there's you know more so than the other songs so i think that kind of adds to it in a way you can hear that frustration that we all had with the song and it nearly broke us at one point like we were killing each other over that song because it's just so hard to get do it justice to try to like make it right and i think again getting rian involved uh, with his kind of how, how much he loves uh, you know, using drum machines and using different uh, kind of things like that, which um, Jake wouldn't be as into. So it was cool to have like his perspective on it coming in rather than um, what we had for the rest of the record. Yeah, one thing I always find about working with Reen is he's just so like positive. I remember um, bringing him the session of Watchman after we'd like just thrown the kitchen and say, get it. Like it was just a monster. Like the session was just so huge, so many tracks, and it was just a mess. I remember bringing it over to his house and he opened it up and he's like, okay, uh, let me see what I can do. And it was like, it was like a week later, he had like this amazing mix pack. He just like, was such a can-do attitude and it was just great. Like, it was really what we needed there. Were all of the tracks written like in the past couple of years? Like, are they all like brand new tracks? Um, Most of them, yeah. Most of them have been written in the past two years, I guess. Um, And then we... uh, for Uriah and we have another song Red Oak which we had been playing for a good while live but they're really different they were a lot more kind of uh guitar heavy and and rocky and we um changed them around a bit to kind of fit into the album a bit more um and definitely like prefer the you know that the versions we have now I'm I'm we're all quite happy with them um and yeah like the songs um we kind of uh I guess you know about a year after Sea Creature, we kind of made the decision let's let's start writing tracks, and and um, our writing style kind of changed a lot. Um, uh, we were kind of writing a lot more in pairs, or um, you know, not just five people kind of going into a room and um, you know all playing their instruments. It was a lot more kind of strategic. We we started using like just recording tracks in uh, to a computer, like recording software. Um, rather than trying to you know come up with a song live you know and uh i was i was doing a lot more i was doing a lot more writing of of actual not just the lyrics but like actually trying to put songs together and um yeah that's kind of uh you've been <laughs> i don't know yeah i i'm basically really bad at like f- closing sentences <laughs> i just kind of like fade out with actually yeah. dot dot dot, dot. <laughs> yeah that's like dot 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think as Michael was saying, um, I think the thing that really changed about us here was just um, not putting that pressure on all of us having to always be there. Like that used to be the case that it was like, okay, all five of us after work, straight to the rehearsal space, like in there till 11, whatever. This time it was like, you know, somebody like had something on or couldn't make it. It was like, okay, cool. Let's see what we can come up without them. And like, it kind of made the whole um, process a lot more relaxed and let us just kind of explore what we are capable of as individuals, not just as a band. Because like we were very rigid in, in terms of what instruments we played. Like before we started writing this album, I was like I would only ever play bass and I'd never play anything else. And then now suddenly it was like, okay, well, you know, Connor and Neil aren't here, so I'll pick up the guitar and come up with some parts. And I think Michael as well. Like it was, it seemed like it was the first time you were really like musically expressing yourself, like on the synthesizers and guitars. And it was just really great. Like it was just a really lovely. Um, approach that we took and it worked was it all very natural it sounds like it was all just kind of like as it comes sort of thing i will just start writing in pairs and stuff like that even though i think michael you said that it was a bit more strategic i think um i think it was definitely something we talked about like because i think we were kind of having issues with this all writing together and it was kind of we had to just reach a point where we'd be like okay look guys like let's not like put ourselves under all this pressure of like everybody always having to be present and be contributing and kind of like because that way like you can get really annoyed at each other if you're like expecting everybody to always be 100 percent because it's just the the manner of the band that we're in that we all work full-time jobs and stuff and it's just it's it's very trying to expect that much of everybody so we did have a conversation about like let's just go easy on ourselves and just take it a bit a bit handier and um, i think it really worked yeah yeah, I think what was interesting about that, anyone who's like playing in a band or rehearsing all the time, you know, like you have your own little subculture within that. And like, you know, you might all rehearse together, like all the five of you or two people might be the core songwriters and then everyone else is whatever. But I think in Spies, we were all kind of core songwriters. So what ended up happening was there was a sense of if I couldn't make it or if Michael couldn't make it to a practice and um, there would be a sense of but by just letting people do what they wanted. And if they can't come, that's fine. It kind of created a FOMO sort of thing. So Michael would be like really upset that he didn't get to make practice. And then he'd hear the demo we recorded and be like, oh, class, like I wish I was there. So I think that was a much more positive thing. Whereas in the past, it would have been very much like we should all be there. We need to treat. We took ourselves so seriously. And I think we started to take ourselves a bit less seriously and kind of respect each other's time a bit more and be like, look, if someone has to go to the cinema with their friend they haven't seen in years, like, that's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, And we'll just make a real productive session. And then when they hear the demo, they can go, oh, cool. Well, I've got a new fresh idea on that. So we basically played to our strengths. And uh, I think that's how a lot of the songs got written. And um, a lot of the songs would have been the initial idea might have been only three of us. But then when you share that with the other guys, it'll kind of multiply and it'll snowball. And there's lots of ideas that didn't work out. And we were like, you know what lads that was really crap <laughs> so but that was kind of fun too is that the thing with like bands starting out when they're like 17 18 19 or something like that you do kind of take yourself a bit too seriously like you've got rules or something like that or you know you want to hit a certain success or something yeah i think um with spies I do, like at the point that i joined spies was i think the height of like a buzz um i remember like the week that i joined the band like zane low played one of the songs on bbc and it was like oh my god like things are like kicking off and like i don't really know what the band was like before that but 
at that point it was just like okay we have to like be all in here like give it absolutely everything and it was it was tough like for the couple of years that it was just so intense and it was like you know taking every gig we got offered and really just killing ourselves like just trying to capitalize on this momentum and then i think we kind of let the songwriting slip a little bit at that point that we kind of just like okay let's just try and play as many shows we can do as many like interviews photo shoots these kind of things and I think we kind of lost sight of the songwriting for a while. I don't know if, if you'd agree with that, guys. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's true. I think, like, I think there was always a push and pull of, like, what we need to do externally and what we need to do internally. And I think part of you wants to, like, you know, continue the successes of a release and people like the song and people are maybe coming to your shows. So you're like, well, we'll do another release in a few months. And I think Sea Creature is a good example of that. We'd recorded that in the same session as uh, Moosehead. Um, and we just thought, okay, well, we have a lot of songs. We don't have the money to go back into the studio. So let's just get them mixed and, and do them as a next release. So we kind of just put it out. And um, so, you know, I think that's that's just the kind of way that we worked. Yeah, I guess it's probably just, you know, we started the band so young that um, like you kind of, yeah, those rules kind of stick or they kind of like, um, you know, rules that you make when you're 17 or 18, which you know maybe aren't the, the most sensible they kind of just f- follow you through with the band and i think what you're talking about the spies 2.0 like i i the way i see it is like we definitely had a sh- you know r- writing the record really did shift um the really there was a massive shift in attitude um you know from um, just that kind of the the younger uh, group to a bit more you know I don't know uh, like what well I, I was gonna just pick up on on the other part that like you know the internal side of the songwriting and um, I think it did suffer at one point because we were just like we also didn't know like writing songs are hard you know it's not like the easiest thing to do but I think the best thing we did was disappear and people are asking us where were you the last two years the reality is we actually just have to completely shut ourselves off and I think we took that really seriously then. So we didn't put all our energy into being serious and like, oh, we need to be successful. We were putting all of our energy into like being, writing the best songs, which seems like a basic thing, but we were pretty, we didn't realize that till probably six years in, seven years in. So maybe a lot of other bands feel like that too. Hugh mentioned um, kind of getting played on Zane Lowe and the bit of like momentum that you got from that and kind of, I guess, the pressures that followed it. Do you feel like, I guess, two questions, like, you got to see how the machine kind of works, like the work that's actually involved in it. Like, is it almost uh, too much? And did you enjoy the ride or was it just kind of like, man, it's, it's too, it is too much sort of thing, you know, we need to pull back. When, when was that, by the way? That was 2015 or something, 2013. Yeah, I guess um, when it's all happening, it feels, I don't know, you're somewhat oblivious to it as well, but like, yeah, you're, you're. I think you're, you're continually, continually, um, you know, more of the sort of workings of the industry are kind of revealed to to you as as these things happen, and you're getting a better, um, idea of of how it, yeah, like how it kind of uh, what what's needed, um, you know, like you get you get a break like that, but then you realize that it's just a small splash in the pond you know and like you need to just keep pushing and keep pushing and and it's a bit daunting you know and it's uh but then but there's you know there's just positives and neg- negatives to it you know like it, the the um 
you know you're at the same time you're you're getting all these amazing things and and like getting a, a play on zane Lowe or like jetting off to russia to do like a a couple of gigs like you know like um but uh so it's it goes hand in hand yeah i think like like what you're saying about trying to keep up or like you know things are you get some success i think it's the, the biggest danger is your is your own self and your own perception of what that is and like if you stay grounded and you just keep writing and you keep focusing on the stuff that you have control over then i think it's okay i think we fell prey to that a few times during our career uh, if you want to call it that but i think um michael lives with morgan from saint sister and, and he sees a band who like work harder than any band i think we all know and just are incredible at what they do and it's just amazing to see that but it's also kind of a bit um kind of harrowing or not harrowing but it's it's weird for us to see that and go okay wow we never actually put in that much work you know um so i think it's it's fair enough as well you know if that makes sense yeah i think it's kind of a funny thing like the music industry in general is something that like a lot of people like find quite mysterious and it's kind of one of those like how the sausage gets made kind of things it's not it's not exactly pretty it's still kind of seen as this magical mystical thing as well by like people like me who like have no inclinations of how it all works you know yeah i think you kind of you pick up bits and pieces as you go and i think we are all kind of fascinated by it i think it was only at that point that we kind of realized how things work like you know like uh taking on pr campaigns and getting like radio pluggers and things like that involved and actually like developing a team around yourself and i think that's really what you need at that point is other people to help you because if you don't have good management and you don't have a good team, you're just lost and you're just making bad decisions. And you learn from those decisions, but by that stage, it can be too late and you've your mistakes are ultimately detrimental to the project. Um, so I think we all learned a lot, a lot during that time. Um, certainly like Connor, who's now pursuing like management as his career and he's doing a great job managing St. Sister and he's definitely taken a lot of those lessons on board. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like you you need to have the right people around you at that stage, I think, like management in particular. And did you actually play at Russia? You got a trip over there, did you? Got to play a few shows? Yeah, it's this real random uh, thing that happened. We just got emailed from like the... So Russia, uh, in Moscow, they do like Irish Week um, every year. And like they just invite um, like a couple of bands and... Uh, like um play or like acting groups and and irish comedians and stuff like we went over with uh people people from uh collapsing horse and like miles manley and his band um and uh a rapper james or the rapper uh costello and uh it was this biz- this this bizarre like uh week of just being treated like royalty like you know <laughs> like we're in Dublin, like we're just kind of just another band, and and then we go over, and like you're being driven everywhere. You get put up in like a five star hotel, and like you're going to these shows. You're you're playing these shows where there's like like a packed house of of all these Russian people, kind of like it's it really bizarre. Um, but yeah, it was a, a great trip. How, yeah. how was Russia itself? Did you get to see the sights? Uh, yeah, like we had a couple of days in Moscow. We just kind of walked around and and checked it out. It's uh it's kind of a weird place. Um, I mean, I, I liked it. Uh, like we, we went to like a, an underground one night we went to, uh, this like underground Russian, um, like sauna or what's it called? Like a, like banya, a, Russian a banya. banya. <laughs> it was the best experience ever. Yeah. <laughs> I got a real Russian experience. What 
Uh, oh, I'll have to. I don't know if we're allowed to say that <laughs> uh, for legal reasons, but uh, maybe <laughs> we'll have to chat to our lawyer first. <laughs> Just because, like, we're we're doing this like right bang in the city centre, and one of the things that I've heard, like, um. Some people talk about both on my podcast and in other interviews, uh, Dublin acts just kind of like losing studio space and stuff like that. Like, have you been affected like over the years of like kind of being pushed further and further out of the city centre? Is that one of the things that's kind of like maybe delayed things a little bit for you? You've got to kind of go further out. Do you know what's funny? I think um, everything happened at that exact time. Like we were in vault and um, we were, you know, working hard on the record and like putting in all those hours. And it was literally just as we'd finished it that the news came that it was going to be shut down. So it was kind of weird timing. I think there was a lot of bands then. As a result, it wasn't just spies that were kind of like, we were homeless then and we kind of were going through a tough time. We didn't even know if we were going to finish this record. Like we'd written it, but we were like, you know, it was it was kind of tearing us apart to a certain extent. So there were other bands too that we were seeing like the same thing happen to. Maybe they didn't have turmoil within the band, but I think definitely seeing that happen and seeing the space go was was pretty pretty crappy and like even have to take the gear out uh but we just put up a first part of the documentary about constancy and how it was made online there so uh people can check it out and see kind of us going back to that space and reminiscing over our time there uh, and interesting enough it's back up and running now i think there's a few people in there like um i think who's in there at the moment girl band are back in there this yeah it's kind of back to its old old ways <laughs> so maybe we'll move back in sometime but other other things like you know we recorded a, a we had tracked a lot of the um, a few of the songs in Bolane and like that's in that's a hotel now <laughs> you know I I was walking past it a couple of months ago and it's just you, we'd we'd uh, recorded Barricade and and some other singles in there and like it's just really sad to see it like leveled and and them like you know constructing a, a like I think it's it's going up to a hotel or something that's you know you talk about the economy picking up and people having more money and stuff do you think it's harder being in a band now like if a band was starting out now you'd be like fuck they've got a hard journey ahead of themselves now like both in terms of like the money that's involved and just like finding the spaces to practice to play in to record i think um yeah i mean i don't want to speak on anybody's behalf but i think it's definitely changed since when in the few years since uh we were kind of starting off I think having a place like BIM now is kind of educating people and new musicians like how to be smart with their with their money and how to make the right decisions. Um, and you see like so many good bands coming out of there now and it's really, yeah, <laughs> I kind of wish it was around when we were starting out. Yeah, like to put it into context, like when we first started out, we put our first two songs up on MySpace and I remember at the time the likes of like Funeral Suits or We Cook Corners, these bands, they were kind of around and i think like a lot of those bands still are enemies unfortunately aren't but you know there's a lot of those bands at the time we'd look up to them and look up how many plays they had on myspace or whatever and um we, we didn't know anything but over time we, we started to learn a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and um, but now i feel like anybody who was our age then lo- knows about 50 times more than we do now um because they're just so much more clued in they've got resources first music contact you know bim all of these things and I think it's great and I think I'd like to see more money being pumped into that to help people do uh, music and stuff because it's so valuable and I think there's so much talent out there you know I think no need to say that I mean you're interviewing people (laughs) all the time who are obviously incredibly talented so yeah it's kind of mad like now you see so many Irish acts like doing well like not even just in Ireland like abroad and I think First Music Contact definitely like are doing such a great job promoting Irish music at the moment and it's 
it's really great i think um in a way it's obviously it's getting harder to live in dublin like rent wise and especially when you're young and it's hard to find like full-time work and stuff but uh, i think the networks that are here now are better than they've ever been so it's you know kind of uh goes both ways um the press release for the album says that constancy marks kind of the end of a three-year hiatus for you was that like a complete break like i know neil you said that it was um kind of you know kind of songwriting kind of refocusing a little bit was there was there just like six months where you were just like let's not talk about the band let's just take a complete break and reassess and see where we are at the at the end of it i think what happened was initially that we released sea creature and we kind of went to russia and we had big highs with that and it was great um, but then I think we, we intentionally took a step back because we were like, look, we need to get our craft right. And there's nothing worse than feeling like you're kind of like riding a wave and you don't have the substance to back it up. Um, so I think we need to build up that confidence again. I think we were all feeling pretty, you know, not sure about, oh, can we even write music anymore? You know, that kind of crisis that you have. Um, a big moment was going into the studio with Stephen Dunn and David Happily doing a couple of demos. And I remember Stephen turning around to us and just saying, guys, you're not as good as you think you are. And like, it was probably one of the best things that anyone ever said to us. Uh, we were coming into the studio late, hungover, watching football matches in the middle of it or whatever, just thinking that we were grand and that we were good at what we did. But it was that focusing of like, oh, it, it just lit a fire under us. And we were like, Stephen, you're totally right. And obviously he, he works with bands all the time. He's a professional. And just like to, to think that we weren't being professional about our, our stuff, our shit just kind of lit a fire and then we just focused really hard on writing and we intentionally pulled away from Facebook, from social media because we just felt we had to. So we spent about, what was it, two years maybe? I don't know how long exactly, just focusing on writing. And for a good chunk of that, we just did a load of crap. Like it wasn't good. We didn't know what we were doing. But um, I think when we went down to Kerry, which was the start of 2016, we went down to Kerry for... I think it was about a week but like it really got us all on the same page we were all living our own lives doing our own things but getting to synchronize in that sort of a way writing a few songs and that's when it really clicked and that was when constancy sort of became a reality or a possibility um, and then we it was crazy we got asked to support wolf alice then when we were down in Kerry, and we were like we were torn between should we spend more time writing or should we go and do the gig and we're like let's definitely do the gig because it was great it was in the olympia it was fun um, so yeah I think then um, there was another break in the sense that we kept we kept working and working and working the only actual break was after we'd finished it uh, we broke for about what six months and just completely detached ourselves from the record and again as I said earlier that was one of the best things we did so that we actually appreciated it it was like coming back to the record going oh this is actually good rather than this is the worst like you know being convinced that it's terrible because you're just so in it uh and connor obviously moved away to uh berlin and he's now living in london as well was that a thing that like annoyed you or anything like that or was it just like what you were saying earlier you know someone wants to go to the cinema with their friend or something he wants to go live somewhere else for a while that's fine we'll we'll continue and we'll see what happens yeah i think that's like um something that like you know five years ago if one of us wanted to leave the country like that would have been it like there would have been hell to pay but i think we kind of reached the point where you know we're five individuals before we're a band and if somebody wants to do something to develop their own career like absolutely like we're delighted for connor and for jeff as well who's moved away and they've both um done amazing things with their jobs in the last couple of years and um you know we make it work it's kind of with, our, with the way we change our writing style it's actually i don't see it as 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 a problem really and a lot of people ask us that like how do you make it work with the two lads away but 
you know, they we just meet up like the day before a show, do a day of rehearsal, and you know we can send ideas across the internet. Like everything, it's you know it's not uh, a problem really. It's it's been great, I think, for for everyone. I think like it it, w- it wasn't that we were annoyed with Connor for moving away. It was actually he moved away because we kind of almost broke up, and that was the reason why he moved. So it wasn't like like him and Jeff moved, like they would have never moved if spies were continuing to kind of work on stuff. It was just like, we got to a point where we were killing each other with the record. We were like, you know, really just pushing ourselves too hard, I think. And um, I think at one point, Michael was like, look, I don't know if this is really what I want to do, like long-term. And that kind of, I was like, okay, right. Um, and then that was like a reaction in a way, like, okay, let's all just be selfish. And Connor was like, I'll go to, to Berlin. Jeff's like, I'll go to London. And, you know, kind of did our own thing then. Um, so I think that was, yeah, it, it, it was almost like in, in order to kind of reset our priorities and not always put the band first, but actually look out for ourselves. Am I explaining that right, Michael? Because I know it was more your experience. Obviously, it's more accurate. Probably you were the one who came to us with it. No, I mean, it's pretty spot on. It just, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, yeah, finishing the record, it, it, it was just a kind of pretty... Um, tense period um and yeah as as neil said i kind of you know i was i was the one who was like you know i want to take a step back for this for a while you know and at the time you know it was it was very turbulent and we didn't know what was we didn't even know if we would finish the record we just thought we'd abandon the whole thing and um but you know it's it's just a great i I think retrospectively it's it's um we all kind of look back on it and, and say that we really did need that time um and like kind of needed something like that to happen i think did you actually like break up for like a week or something before someone sent out a text just being like lads what are we doing come on it's probably longer than a week (laughs) (laughs) i think it it kind of was like i don't know it's hard to explain like i think we were just so invested in it in so many ways that like the thought of us not kind of doing what we were doing just felt like what are we doing the last seven years or eight years so I think when that happened like I was personally really like I didn't know what to do like I was like my priorities had to suddenly change and I think we all took it in different ways uh, and it's almost interesting looking at how it played out in all of our lives individually um, and I think you know there's a stage of denial maybe at the start going like maybe this isn't going to happen and you just kind of don't deal with it and then you go into the sadness and the grief um, and then you know like there's all these stages and it, it was pretty crazy um but in hindsight again I think we just as I said before about growing up and this band being us growing up I think that was such an important point was to actually go do you know what um maybe you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket you know maybe we should like still actually just do other things that we love and, and play in other bands even as well or whatever it might be but this is a project that we're doing we just want to make the best music rather than it being something that's going to control our lives and I think that might be down to the fact that we're sort of textbook millennials, you know, like we're just trying to, uh, we have this huge expectation of ourselves to be something successful, whatever that looks like, but it's kind of to your detriment sometimes. That's going to be my pull quote from the interview, we're textbook millennials, <laughs> spies are textbook millennials. <laughs> Michael, I'll ask a lazy question because I probably should have done my homework on it. Ho Chi Minh, was it written like, did you go to Vietnam? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote it when I was in Vietnam with, um, with Connor and... Uh, with another friend of mine, Potter. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of about that summer and, and uh, spending it together and just, I don't know, like the kind of camaraderie involved and like the first verses. I, 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 it kind of started from like, you know, I, um, one night I was, I was traveling home and, and uh, 
like was staying in a hostel the day before, you know, but I got into the hostel like at 1am or something and, and the registration had closed. So I had to like sleep on the, on the couch, you know, on the leather couch, uh, with the towel over me. So that kind of was like the genesis of that, uh, of that, of that line and like the first verse and then just kind of continued from there. It was a full summer in Vietnam, was it? Um, it was a couple of, it was, a, it was about a month and a bit. Cool. Yeah. I was yeah. in Vietnam for two weeks earlier this year. So it was like, Ho Chi Minh, I didn't, I didn't get to go to that city. Yeah. No, I, I did, uh, I didn't actually go to Ho Chi Minh City myself, but it was, I went to see his body. No, it was actually, you know, it's more about the, you know, the person. The person. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have his body there. It's like preserved and like it's, he's, he's dead like a good few years now. And I think. He died um, in the seventies, wasn't it? Yeah. And so they've like preserved his body perfectly and you walk into a room and kind of walk around the co- the case and. Where is it? Have a look at him. It's in, um. Hanoi. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, need to so go back. Freaky stuff, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess like what what are the plans, what are the hopes for the album? Is it just kind of put it out and hope that it gets the appreciation that you wanted to get? Yeah, I think like we're just delighted to put it out ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like one of the bucket list things I think for all of us, like put out an album is um you know definitely on there and i think that's the starting point and we'll kind of take take everything as it comes like um there's no like grand master plan we definitely want to play more shows in the new year we want to we want to play as far and as wide as we can um and yeah like hopefully things just you know come naturally but we're not we're not like going to put ourselves under too much pressure or stress about like you know getting to play certain festivals or certain things like you know things happen great we're going to do our best to make things happen but if they don't it's that's cool too i think the release of this album is like everything coming full circle for spies so it's kind of the acceptance and the healing of like coming back together and actually appreciating each other and going do you know what like that gig we did in Wheelands, the first gig back like was very emotional for all of us and we loved it It it's probably all of our favorite gigs uh all of our friends there supporting us and even our like girlfriends and close friends who've heard the record like a private soundcloud link and seeing it live and the fact that we never thought that would happen i think that was great um so i think at the moment we're just like really appreciative for what we have and we're just going to ride the wave of like you know if there's a few shows and let's just enjoy it um because it's like you know not everybody gets to release a record you know like this is i feel quite grateful you know for all of that so i think that's just what's going to happen is we're going to do a few things in the new year maybe and, and just see where it goes um and enjoy it and i th- i think that the only announced date that you have is button factory on december 23rd which should be an, an amazing show should be fun yeah december 14th actually that's the album launch <laughs> whoops <laughs> 20 23rd of november is the album uh coming out but uh yeah it's the only date we have uh have at the moment and yeah we're just so excited to be playing like an actual album launch and to kind of just that night will just be amazing like just to finally celebrate the release and I think it'll just you know be like such a climax for this year that's been so so nice to just be putting out music again and it's going to be a great way to round it up. (laughs) 